0: Hey, everybody. Uh, We've got a very special episode for you today. We have a guest who we hope will become a frequent guest or co-host of this podcast. He's been a little shy to join in on the fun, and I get it, you know, there's a lot of... uh, technological hurdles to overcome, you have to have a smartphone of any kind, and you have to have a set of earbuds, AirPods, earbuds, (laughs) any recording device whatsoever will do. If you can make a phone call, you can participate in this podcast. So we're going to bring him on here soon. He said his internet just went out. So uh, once that gets sorted out, we're going to start this up. Um, We are coming to you on September 12th, 2020. Uh, The entire state of California is in flames and covered in smoke. We can't go outside. We're... In our homes and watching TV, uh, playing video games, studying, reading. I'm swinging a baseball bat around while lying on my kitchen floor. I have two cats that are sleeping and so we are going to get our boy Kevin in here real soon. And we're going to hit him with a bunch of questions because he's a real know-it-all. And that's going to be the highlight of the day. So stay with us. This is going to be fun. So before we get um, too deep into television history, um, we do have a running order. Um, Kevin has not been privy to this so far, so I'm just gonna hit. I'm gonna hit you with these, just uh, you know, blind. You're gonna just react. So, um, first order of business: Matt Chapman of the Oakland Athletics is having season-ending hip surgery. What? <laughs> so I guess you hadn't heard about that. I
1: don't. I, I currently don't have any internet, so. Oh and, right, right, right. And okay. since the A's are so cheap, they don't even have radio broadcast anymore. There's no way to get information on them unless you have the internet.
0: That's right. So they've gone digital only. You cannot get access to the athletics over the airwaves. Now, if you know
1: anything about the A's airwave history, uh, at one point there, I believe it was 1979, they didn't have a radio contract and the games were broadcast from Cal Berkeley on the Cal radio station. (laughs) And who was the announcer? Larry Bear, the current uh, owner, running owner of, not doesn't own the team, he just has a small percentage, but he runs the team for the San Francisco Giants.
0: Interest. Oh, that guy,
1: Larry Bear. Yeah, well, that the guy, guy who threw the understand. fits yeah. and then was yeah. banned for a while. Oh What's wow, that?
0: the guy who like lost his shit and was he banned was, from. Uh,
1: you know, he he was in the corner for a few months. <laughs> He had to
0: take a time out.
1: Yeah, he, he he did, you know, he did something that he shouldn't have done and yeah and um and more specifically did it in a very public area with multiple uh iPhones filming.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's never. Hayes Valley near
1: the uh the industrial ice cream shop is not a good place to get an argument with someone.
0: Is that where it was? In Hayes yeah, Valley? it was in
1: that like that you know that used to be under the freeway. Freeway's gone for
0: the Turk, but, the, um, yeah, the Turk off the Turk on route
1: they were out there in the public open now uh, you know ironically it was the day that they didn't sign Harper and uh that Harper said he was going to the Phillies thank god oh, huh. um but <laughs> but it was that day and there was some conjecture that you know his his wife wouldn't give him his phone and he was just all upset cuz he was trying to you know deal with the the letdown right. of not getting Harper, who I think in his mind he felt would be his Barry Bonds, you know, when the Giants right, got right, Barry right, Bonds right. back in 93. So, um, you know, and turned the corner. He thought that that was going to be it. So but, why
0: did the Giants lose out on Harper? Was it a money thing or or just the Philly but, owner just sort of uh, charmed him more?
1: Well, I think there was a bit of the charming. I think the Philly's uh, owner's wife, had ironically had a really good <laughs> relationship and meeting with the wife of Harper soon. To be, I don't know if they were married the time, but I think they're married. But so the irony there, the fact that, you know, what's his name is getting in a, you know, an argument with his wife over his cell phone.
0: Doesn't, yeah. Uh, I mean, doesn't bode well
1: for that. Uh, right. That whole interaction. But, yeah, you know, it sounds yeah.
0: like the situation in Philly was just a better fit for Harper overall.
1: Well, th- there's something also that everyone has to consider these days that's a really big issue, and that's a whole other discussion, but is state taxes. Right. The, a lot of sport uh, players are not really excited about going to a state that's going to uh, have a very high percentage on state taxes where they could go to states that don't have taxes, I believe, like Florida. Yeah. Or Arizona, I don't think either one of those places has state taxes. So
0: right, yeah, that's a big consideration, I guess. Yeah,
1: and this is the same with like Canada. Like that's why Toronto, I think, has issues getting players too, is that they uh, they pay them with uh, money with uh, ducks on them or something. So it's a, little bit, <laughs> a little bit different.
0: So yeah, getting back to the yeah, A's, uh, sad day for Matt Chapman. Um, his his A's are finally in first place. That's terrible. Don't have to play a wild card game and he's out for this season. I'm I'm guessing he's having like labrum surgery like um wow. like I had back in 2013. Um although it could be a hip flexor surgery but um sounds pretty scary. He's having the surgery on Monday and we wish him the
1: best. Um yeah. Wow. Been one that's of my... that's, uh, that's really sad because he is one of the most exciting guys to watch. Playing baseball these days. I mean, when he's in the in the, in the field there, and he goes into that—I don't even know what that thing is. What is that?
0: That I low, think. that low crouch. It's that yeah, animal it's like, crouch.
1: It's almost like a hockey goalie or something. You know, like yeah, like it's
0: yeah, it is like a hockey goalie.
1: Like the the puck is on its way to him or something. He gets into that whole <laughs> thing. So yeah, yeah, very. And the uh,
0: A's also are having um, you know, AJ Puck is having season-ending surgery
1: as well. Who?
0: A. J. Puck, their like pitching pitching prospect. Oh, I
1: thought that was the guy, the guy from, with
0: the uh, long. From
1: uh, the... the real world season, San Francisco back. In. <laughs> now you guy? remember
0: Puck. You saw you saw him pitch last year. He's got the long, flowing red hair.
1: Oh, oh my God, that guy's her too. Yeah. Yeah, I saw him pitch against the Yankees. That was that was quite a sight to see. It was almost like a.
0: Yeah. I don't
1: want to say freak show, but it was a little. It was a little. Uh... I did feel like I had to buy an extra ticket for some show on the side.
0: Hang on. I'm just opening a beer real fast. All right. Wait, wait, Thank wait you. Wait a second.
1: You have internet and alcohol. And all <laughs> it, like, Sorry,
0: man. You gotta got to be prepared like an for, an for these RC podcasts.
1: Cola can from 1977 with Thurman Munson on the side, which is part of my beautiful collection of those cans from yeah. that year. Um,
0: In case you guys don't know to our listeners, Kevin is coming to us from his recently refurbished basement, which he calls the salt mine.
1: Yeah. But is I'm not that actually our... there because somebody, um, the host of this program, said there was too much echo.
0: Yeah, we're going to so have to soundproof I'm in, I'm that. The,
1: that. Uh, for lack of a better term, the vestibule in between the garage and the salt mine.
0: All right. Well, that vestibule can't be too comfortable, so let's move it along so we can get you out of there um big i i buried the the lead here today your beloved giants uh came down with a case of covid yesterday um any insight on who it was how long the team will be you know, on the rack
1: well you know it's interesting i don't know but my mom texted me with a name who well i don't know how she knew and i i don't i'm not digging deep on it because i'm well, one reason my internet's down second of all i'm not really big <laughs> into digging into no. people's medical yeah. history, you know because it's yeah. kind of like the most important thing just to say it out front is that mlb and the giants and everyone else is doing the right thing hey let's stop you know what's that sound oh sorry let's stop uh <laughs> talk no um stop pause a couple games yeah you know and then let's make sure no one else is infected because you know also there could be um false positive tests you know things Mm -hmm. like that but um yeah but my mom said a name like just a first name and she said you know she got that i think from my brother which i don't know where he was i see so we know
0: it wasn't brandon because that would be too brandon
1: correct it was not brandon
0: so that uh, would have been
1: Pablo either because they released him a couple yeah. of days ago, sadly. But I see. He only had two extra base hits, I think, for the shortened season so far. Um, so there wasn't unexpected. But um, all right, so we don't know, anyway, Kevin, I, I know. Kevin,
0: Kevin knows. knows Kevin's mom knows, but, but we're not going to reveal it. Okay. Anyway, it's a sad day, but as you said, the league are doing the right thing, and hopefully the Giants and Padres can resume their season on Sunday. Uh, or if they have to take a couple more days, so be it. These are both teams that are uh, right. currently in a playoff spot, so we need to be smart about this right and
1: also now here's the the, the good news to this side of thing is that this means that most likely they will do because they, they canceled last night's game and today's game and they may cancel tomorrow's game at least two double headers here mm-hmm. when they come to san francisco
0: yeah where the padres are get to be the home team exactly
1: for it. yeah split and so we could actually be in baseball heaven because we could be in a situation <laughs> where we've got four games in two days you know maybe even six yeah and three you know and and that's kind of like old school pacific coast league baseball you know here in the bay area we're I don't know if you know this, but the the, the Pacific Coast League teams they played over two hundred games a season. Jesus! And a lot of them because of the weather, but a lot of them because there were multiple double headers. Right. Which and as you know, you know one thing about me. I'm I'm a big fan of the DH, not the hitter, but the double header.
0: <laughs> yeah, the real DH.
1: Exactly the OG okay. DH double header that. So when I was a kid, those were the games I went to at Candlestick and yeah, I would spend more bang like, for your buck. Yeah, I, I would, and, and but the irony of the whole thing is those. If you look back, like on Baseball Reference, at the games I went to, the games were like two hours and twenty minutes <laughs> each.
0: Well, yeah, you could have a you could have a doubleheader back then in a reasonable amount of time because yeah. there were fewer pitching changes.
1: Well, no, that's not the reason why.
0: Oh, what's the reason why?
1: TV. a lot of those. Oh, I see. So, so they just had they shorter sell innings breaks. Whatever they're trying to sell you, you know. Um, all they were selling you were the cigarettes they were advertising on the billboard.
0: <laughs> wow, that really takes me back to another era. I feel like I'm back at the polo grounds right now. Uh, or you Abbott's didn't Field. need to go to
1: the polo grounds to get cigarette ads. They were up I there know. And- there,
0: were, there were cigarette ads, like a little Marlboro... Yeah. poster at Jack Murphy Stadium right. when we used it was to go to Padres games. thing that
1: they did because then those ads would get into the TV shot, right?
0: Yep, yep, yep.
1: So anyway, that's a whole other story. But but no, that, that was the, the case. And also the attendance was so small that um, I think there are more people at games this year than there were at some of those games <laughs> back then.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, the 2020 season has been has been something we desperately wanted. Baseball, we got baseball. Yeah, it for the most part has gone off smoothly. Obviously, the the outbreaks of the Marlins and the Phillies and what was the third team that Oakland had... A's. A's the
1: had a bit Oak... of a pause there. Too. They had
0: a little scare. That's right. Yeah. So, but, so
1: you know, the other thing is, as I've been talking to you about this, um, not not recorded, hopefully. Um is that I believe this is potentially and probably is the greatest pennant race of all time.
0: It could be, yeah. I mean it's well, really exciting. I think,
1: I think it already is. What's today? September twelfth? Yes. And um so many teams are still in it. I mean, even even the Orioles who are having a rough time in the Bronx, Yankees are really trying right. to clean up on them to help themselves. But um you know those teams are in it and it's given it's given all the fans something you know something to hold on to and something right. to to get kind of excited about and you know I know people are fans of the basketball thing but I have not watched one of those games and I, I don't even know where they're at but I know where you They know, are in the
0: on. uh they're in the conference semifinals leading into the conference
1: finals. Well, either way they're still in the gym somewhere with Yeah. You know, <laughs> It, it would, which brings me to my next question, I don't
0: know. But, um, the MLB has just uh, decided on their own playoff bubble plan, which yeah. I would like to ask you about. Sure. Um, Is that the next subject? That's the next subject. It, that was it. a great transition, but that was oh, okay. my next that was my next bullet point to ask you about. Yeah, we've now heard that the National League will play in the two Texas stadiums and the American League will play in the two California stadiums. Or the which
1: California stadium? So are we talking Dodgers
0: and Padres?
1: Right. So as we as we also spoke the other day, that eliminates any chance of any team having a home field advantage.
0: Unless somehow an American League team, or I mean, sorry, the Texas Rangers make it to the World Series, they're playing in their home park or whatever. But that's not going to happen. Yeah, Texas
1: Rangers are one of those teams that's out of it and. And they and probably can't they, announce they, it until they, they're out of it. What's that?
0: They probably won't officially announce it until the Rangers are truly mathematically eliminated.
1: Yeah, and well that that could be moments away that could yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean they're beating the A's five one right now. No spoilers, uh, but uh Yeah.
1: Um, no, I, I just I, no, but I think I think it's a good thing. I think, you know, it gives a little nod to the now the reason why they picked those stadiums also in Texas is the fact that they're covered. So Right. That's why there's no East Coast ballparks selected. Like, they didn't take Shea Stadium and Yankee Stadium because, you know, there's a good chance it could be rain, there could be cold. It could be
0: right. All kinds and of the Florida stuff. ballpark is, well, one of them is really gross. The other one is perfectly fine. It is covered, the Miami one. But the Florida, you know, nobody wants to watch an ALCS played in Tropicana Field. it's just visually disgusting unless
1: you're the rays during the real uh you know normal normal times
0: but you see by moving all these teams yeah out of their home cities not only does it take away their home field advantage yes if there even is one but it it more just it it uh makes the bubble more official because they're all going to be in hotels they have to quarantine, their family has to quarantine. Yeah. So yeah. San Diego has to go play in Houston, like they they're gonna have to really lock it down. Whereas if if by some chance San Diego did have a playoff series at home, you know, there'll be just be too much confusion of like, you know, did they did they go home? You know, what who else did they come yeah. in contact no, with?
1: I, I agree and also they can't afford to delay that because once that gets to that point, it's you know it's moving and you can't hold everyone you'd end up holding everyone up right yeah yeah if you can't finish
0: one series then you can't start uh, the other series
1: in 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 this situation i'm not i'm not against it and i think they i think it's one of the things mlb has actually done potentially right um which they haven't i don't think ever done but um (laughs) I don't think they've ever really done anything right. They've, they've kind of, if they have, they usually fall into it. It's not that they have some, because that, you know, that that's the big subject matter between me and you that we always talk about is right. that MLB, whatever that is, has no concept or understanding of why people like the game. Because they, even even this year where they're like, well, you know, we want to, Speed up the game. This has always been the thing. Speed up the game. So this year they made so many rules that people who even follow the game so closely have no idea what the rules are. So (laughs) how is the general fan supposed to even know that now, well, okay, uh, the game, the runner starts at second base, the 10th inning, or the 8th inning. 8th inning, why would it be the 8th inning? Oh, because if they're playing a doubleheader. Those right. are only seven innings. <laughs> oh, really? Whoa. So.
0: Yeah. It, Although, if, if, okay, which, you know, it's so funny, Kevin. You, you've anticipated all of my, my questions um, and all my topics today. My yeah. final question for today actually is, which final. of these, my final question for today's pod is, which of these COVID 2020 rule changes are here to stay, and Ooh. which one of them are this season only, in your estimation?
1: Right. So, yeah, that's... A, that's so a... we've got the
0: universal DH, we've got the three-hitter rule of, of the relievers, we've got the expanded rosters, we've got Wait, the, the seven-inning double-headers, we've got right. the extra-inning rule, man on second. Which of these rules do you think we are stuck with now forever?
1: No fans in the stands. <laughs> oh, sorry, that wasn't one. We <laughs> um, uh, that's funny. We're not going to have anyone in the stands anymore. It's just going to be... Uh, cardboard no cutouts it's it's like horse racing there's a horse racing i think in in hong kong that just there's a track and there's no there. there. only only for tv that's funny. um i well i think first of all i don't like the word universal i think that's kind of weird but
0: um
1: i think uh it reminds me of like marvel comics or something but um mm-hmm. the the dh unfortunately the designated hitter uh I think is is here to to stay, and I believe the very first uh, National League designated hitter, pure National League designated hitter, was Hunter Pence.
0: That's right. Giants. Yep. Um, which is
1: interesting because I believe um, I think the Giants also had the first National League designated hitter when they did the um, interleague play.
0: When they first started interleague
1: play? Yeah, because I think the first interleague play game was the Giants-Rangers, if I recall correctly. But in, in Texas. Anyway, but um, so I think, I think the designated hitter is here to stay, which is... Um,
0: I would hope so, well, considering I the know, Padres went so, out. And... But
1: I just think, for, well, there's two, there's two school of thought. Okay, so for me, it's like I love the strategy of pitchers hitting because it makes the manager have to think and have to do things. But the problem these days is the managers are as dumb as rocks. So uh, because now they're they're beholden to um, the general manager, and that's not all right. managers. But there's still there's still some old school managers out there. Joe Girardi, for one. Um, you know, Francona. If he's feeling better, I hope um, is another. You know, there's a few of the old school ones out there, but. I'm sorry, but these managers, and I won't name names, um, are not very savvy. And all I got to say is if you played the game and you were an outfielder and now you're a manager, you're not savvy to the game because we all know outfielders dating way back are in a different world, different mindset. They're, they're practicing their hitting when they're in the outfield. Right. So um, they don't know the game inside and out um so so would you say it's like that that not having that extra bit of strategy um you know uh double switching figuring out hey do i pinch it for my pitcher here at this point how's it going to cost me
0: well these guys can't even figure out what relievers to use when so how are they going to figure out out
1: if they've gone to the mound once or twice
0: (laughs) so it's kind of like if somebody said to you hey um we're thinking about changing the rules of chess and we're going to take castling out of the rules of chess. And somebody else said, well, we've been playing checkers for 10 years, so (laughs) don't
1: don't even worry about it. Well, that, that's it. I mean, that, that's, that's basically, it's, it's, it's gonna, it's gonna affect the game on, on the strategy level uh, regardless. Um, So are there any good strategic managers left? What's that?
0: Are there any good strategic managers left?
1: Uh, I think Joe Girardi is and I think Francona um, I think there's also uh the uh, I was Kate, uh, Kevin um Cash is it Kevin Cash and From in, the Rays uh, The Rays he's an interesting one because he kind of he kind of crosses it on all you know he's the guy who came up with all those crazy ways of you know putting the pitcher at first and um the opener know, using the lineup you know to or was that
0: minutes. a was that a Joe Madden thing? The opener. Or was that the A? Was that the A's who did the opener first, or was that the Rays?
1: I you know, the, I don't know. I I don't, I don't know the answer to that. But that's existed in the past as well. So it's not. It's not brand brand new. But it's it, the term. Yeah, the opener. Um, is I think relatively newer, but. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know
0: who. How about is. Craig Counsell in the, in the ALCS, like setting one pitcher as his, as his starter and then pulling him after one pitch, and bringing in a different-handed pitcher to confuse the Dodgers or whatever
1: it was. Yeah, that was just bizarre. And you're going to platoon. That, that I'll that show you to platoon. Figure out some other stuff. <laughs> Step up, right?
0: How about Dusty Baker? Is he, is he a shrewd in-game tactician?
1: Well, Dusty, Dusty's. Big asset is that, and and I and I know this firsthand because his first year as manager, um, uh, which he doesn't get, I don't think he gets credit for, because uh, I saw Baseball Digest of both places not recognize him. He had you know 103 wins as a rookie manager. Wow, what year he was turned that? Turned the Giants team around from a team that was not very good in 1992 to winning. Excuse me, not winning, coming in second with 103 wins to the. The Atlanta Braves, right, um, right, right, and which created the, and that's considered the very, very last great pennant race because it was do or die up until the end. There was no wild. There was no wild card. There was no, there was no, there was no um, way around. And in fact, that's why the wild card was created. was because of that experience. Um, but I, I think Dusty is really great. I mean, look at his track history of getting players motivated. Um, right. You know he he understands the modern player sort of, because, you know, we really consider the 1970s, the beginning of the kind of the modern player, you know, because you had free agency, you had uh, just different attitudes, you know, within the structure. It's post Jim Bouton, ball four, you know, you start to understand the play. The players are a little bit more open with who they are and what they are. Um, And so Dusty's really good at that. The problem with Dusty is he doesn't, you know, it, it's those, those moments, those critical moments in playoff games where he's, he's made some, you know, judgment um, yeah. decision problems that, you know, he maybe goes with his gut too much or sticks with what he usually do does where the playoffs are unique. And that's why you see a history of it. Look at who's won the world series. It's not a lot of players, managers, um, very few have actually won the World Series. Bobby Cox, for instance, is considered, you know, another one that was really, you know, he played the game at level and he, um, you know, the players loved playing for him. But with all those great Braves teams, he only won the World Series once and he beat the yeah. Cleveland Indians, which, you know, <laughs> and those are great Cleveland Indian teams that lost you know, yeah. to the Braves and lost to the Marlins. Um but, you know, so that, you know, it's, it's, a, it's another, you know, there's, there's, there's a few types of managers and I don't know, players managers are, are, don't do so well in the playoffs. Uh,
0: so when you say like players managers, you mean like the guy who comes in there, like kind of rallies the clubhouse, keeps everybody feeling positive. Yeah. Whereas like the kind of more Jimmy Leland, uh, Tony Larusa, yeah, like, like strategic managers that like are kind of like a hard ass, but they push all the right buttons. They make the right switches and they, you know, they understand the more strategy of managing.
1: Exactly. Bruce Bochy would be in there. Sparky Anderson, you know, these, these kind of men, they weren't, they weren't, um, they weren't adverse to their players or getting fights with their players like Billy Martin. Um, but they, there was a little bit of a separation. Right. Know? They kind of let, I think that the key trait to those, the ones you just mentioned, are they let the players be themselves. They treated them like adults. They treated them like men who had to make responsibilities. But the most important thing was they gave them defined roles, right? Um, People knew what, of all those teams, those players always knew what their role was on the team. Right. And well, you know, looking at the world of always do that. I don't think um, there's a lot of other managers out there now who don't. And now it's just it's defined role means hey, um, can you play second base too, or can you play? Well,
0: I think one thing that we're really ignoring here, and that we have to take a look at some of the other sports, with like basketball or European soccer. um, You said
1: sports. the, the,
0: The the money the money that the players are making and the contracts that the players are having. So if, if Bryce Harper is making 330 million over 13 years and he's like, Gabe Kapler's an idiot, get him out of here. Or LeBron James doesn't wanna play for Luke Walton yeah. or, um, you know, or Messi doesn't like who the new Barcelona manager is or whatever, like, like the, they can't fire the superstar. So they have to fire the manager so the manager's role is is dictated by the fact that you have to appease your marquee players
1: well in baseball it's actually gone a different direction though so the the manager salaries have, have plummeted in the last few years um, okay and the general manager's salary has tremendously increased interesting be- because they've become the 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 star, so to speak, right? The little guy with the calculator right. and the little guy, with the, and we talked about this uh, the other day, the little guy with the calculator can't tell a player what to do. It never, it's never worked. Like you can't put the him in the dugout cause he can't relate. So now they found like the new, like hybrid. It's the guy who played the game is relatively young uh but doesn't have much strategy input and maybe this is their first opportunity so they're beholden to the fact that they get this chance and they let the general manager make all the decisions in terms of who what where when and how and then they just focus on you know putting their arm right. on the player or talking to the player and right. like to the player
0: what's colloquial colloquially referred to as the front office. It may not be the actual, just the GM, but the yeah. GM and not his army of mathematicians. Yeah, or, statics, base, of op- or
1: baseball operations is the general now, right?
0: So when, when, um, when Kevin and I talk on the phone and he's like, look at him there. He, he's not watching the game. He's looking at his his Denny's menu. When, <laughs> yeah. when, when Kevin talks about the, the Denny's menu, what he means is, a bunch of big laminated pieces of paper that are given to the manager to kind of color code everything that they're going to do that day. And there are different decision trees uh, so that the manager doesn't have to actually kind of do too much strategic decisions on their own.
1: Yeah. They're not actually, they're, they're, they're looking at, um, you know, all these patterns and that's all kind of pre-printed out for them and, And whatnot and it's 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 really kind of it's kind of bizarre because the game is the game and there's situations in the game and i feel like these managers don't understand those situations because they're too focused on the statistical aspect of the situation as opposed to what actually is going on the field right like, they're not really watching, right? They're, so, when they, when they pull a pitcher, because, oh, this is the third time through the lineup. Well, you know what? If you want to throw a perfect game, you got to go three times through the lineup, okay? So, yeah. uh, it's, it, going the third time, yes, okay, stats say blah, 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 but you got to watch velocity, you got to watch movement, you got to watch uh, location of that, those pitches. And if you're a manager who has no concept of that, like you played the outfield during your right. career, <laughs> um, it's a it's a problem because because you can say, Oh yeah, and you know I won't mention the manager's name, but when he's talking, he actually he says, Oh yeah, he's we his, his breaking ball. And he's actually moving his hand like with the power curve or or breaking ball right. or fast. He's like moving his hand. It's the weirdest thing because it's kind of like who does that? I mean, unless you really even know, don't know what those pitches are, you know what I mean? Like why yeah. would you be mimicking the pitch with, well, the here's,
0: hand? here's another question though. And I know we're going to do a, we're going to do a whole separate episode on managers and we're going to do a whole separate episode on general managers.
1: Yeah. we till but, we get to owners.
0: <laughs> we're going to do a whole 10 episode series on owners, but for today, uh, just closing out this conversation yeah. on, on catch catchers, making great managers position players being mediocre managers why don't we see more pitcher managers what if if knowing about a pitcher is so important why don't pitchers make good
1: managers because pitchers are a subspecies of the game they're not they're not okay they're in the game even less right cuz right. if you start okay. you only pit you only play in every 5 games if you're a reliever you may play in more games, but you come in for a very short period of the game and you're in the freaking bullpen for most of the game. And that's like being in the bleachers, the whole game, you ever go to a game and sit in the bleachers. You're not really watching the game. You're you're more interested in looking at the back of the outfielder, calling him names. If it's the opposing team or, or if he's from your team, you're, you know, saying, Oh, great hit, you know, give him the, you know, whatever. And there's a fight going on next to you. And, you know, that's why I rarely, you know, I used to sit in the bleachers when I was a kid, but Candlestick, a little bit, but we usually escaped. <laughs> right. Because we wanted to be closer to where the game is and the game is happening, you know. The game is between the pitcher and the catcher. So the pitcher is in there for such a very short period of time. And there have been very few managers who were successful who were pitchers. Roger Craig of the Giants, he is exception as was Tommy Lasorda who's also yeah, Tommy a but there was Florida, a big sure. hubbub about Ray I think it's Ray Miller the guy who's the pitching coach for the Pirates and then he got to manage the Orioles and I think that didn't work out so well if I'm remembering that yeah. correctly and you know so it, it's they're not in the game they don't relate to the other players in the same kind of way um you know, if you're 162 games, you know, like in the old school days when players played 162 games or 154 games, um, you need someone who can at least relate to that. Now, that's catchers right. are great managers because obviously they're, if they're in the game, they're involved in every, every play. Middle infielders, especially utility middle infielders, uh, because they have to play short and second, understand – a lot about the pitches because they're actually yeah they're they're making they're, they're communi- the shortstop communicates the second baseman on on a lot of plays. I mean, this is before they were told right. where to stand. Now they're all now they look in their hat. <laughs> they, they got their miniature Denny's menu in their hat. <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's like the, uh. the the online version order you know. But um, <laughs> like I really want to see what's in those hats because how do they have all that information on that little card in their hat?
0: Because, you know, they print out the shift that they're going to do for each, but, but what print out what the exactly shift that they're going to do for at? each is potential.
1: Little, is there a little symbol? I love that. I want to see what it is. I right. I see one. what you mean. Someone has one. Like, how, so can...
0: Right. Do they have each player's position yeah, individually exactly. or do they like, just, do you, yeah.
1: Does it show where you are with a number? Let's say it's a uniform number or, you know,
0: Right, right, right. Like I just want to, no, I we, just
1: want to know the basics of it. I have this. Great we need to
0: find book. a baseball shift, like cheat sheet.
1: Yeah, I have this great old card. baseball book that uh, Chuck Tanner, he was another, uh, you know, great manager, um, did I think back in the 1970s, and it, it, I'm sure he worked with a writer of some sort, but basically it wasn't even words; it was just pictures of you as a fielder where you should be on every play. Right. So if the ball's at the right field, where does the second baseman go? And it showed this, and it was so great because I had this book and I was playing pal baseball and my coach knew nothing about the game of baseball. <laughs> so, so so you had I, to show him. I let him borrow it so he could learn something. And then I, I taught him a lot about baseball. <laughs> I, was, I was like, you know, sixth grade and he was... Um, He was probably in his (laughs) forties.
0: Well, you were like the Ogilvy of that team, right? Ogilvy. Yeah, Ogilvy from the from Bad News Bears, who like keeps score and tells. I think you're
1: talking about Ben Ogilvy, the great outfielder from the Milwaukee Brewers. (laughs) Yeah, him too. I think he played for the Red Sox too, but um, oh, uh, maybe I haven't seen that film in a long time, but you know, well, give it
0: a rewatch. It's it's terribly racist, but it's really
1: funny. Do you really need to put the modifier on racist?
0: I mean, just it's, it's, it's from another know, era.
1: Terribly racist.
0: It's incredibly racist. <laughs> um, <Okay>. Some <laughs> of the stuff that is spoken by these children, with like anyone batting an eye, is kind of is extremely troubling. Yeah. But anyway, uh, we'll leave it there for this week. Um, yeah. I want to thank our friend Kevin for joining us. This is the the first of many appearances. I'm sure, and uh, this has been wonderful. Um, thank you for all your insights, um, and we look forward to many more. So, um, yeah, thanks again, and we'll look for you in the future.
1: Yeah, I'm glad I can make it happen, and, and um, um, uh, next time hopefully I will have internet at my access and alcohol. So um, yeah, because <laughs> we'll, I think you had a you had an advantage there on me on on both those fronts. Right, but, I had um, beer and internet. Yeah, I had, I'm just going off. You know, the only thing I can tell you is Thurman Munson was an all star in uh, 71, 73 to 76, according to his RC Cola can. So <laughs> <that's> <laughs> He's consulting the that's cans, the
0: ladies and gentlemen. He, he's doing research on used soda cans. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right good buddy. Intros. Good chatting with you. Okay. All right. Bye, Talk to you later. Bye. <laughs> So that was our conversation with Kevin, no last name. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed that. That was a fun time. Great conversation. Um, Enjoy your weekend of baseball. I hope everyone's uh, staying safe out there uh, from the fires and the pandemic and all the other stuff that's been going on. So um, be safe and we'll talk to you next week.